Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast. I am Mike Calvo. The Blind Jesus Freak. I've been called many, many things in my life. And, you know, I just figured everybody's a freak about something and I'm a freak about Jesus. So I'd like to welcome everybody to our first, our inaugural, I can't even say that right, inaugural podcast. You know, I get tongue-tied. And it's not tongues, people. It's just I get tongue-tied. But, uh, uh, you know, welcome to our podcast. Before we get started with our study, I'd like to get some things out of the way. You can visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com or you can follow us on Twitter at Blind Jesus Freak. So that's the way you can get connected, as uh, my old buddy Michael Loft used to say, still says, I'm sure. He is still with us, to my knowledge. But uh, what this podcast is all about, because people are like, what is that blind Jesus freak thing, man? Are you a hippie or what are you doing? The whole idea behind this podcast really is just, it's a Bible study. But it's a Bible study that tends to look at God's Word from a visually impaired or a blind person's perspective. Now, what does that mean? Well, I mean, God's word is for everyone, right? And, and we're all God's children and, and all of that. But, you know, there's a specific mention, if you will, or a way of ministering to various groups of people. I mean, we all like to relate. Jesus spoke a lot in parables. And when he was speaking to farmers, he spoke as farmers. And he was speaking to Pharisees, he spoke about the Pharisees. And when he spoke to the Sadducees, to the Sadducees, what, whatever group he was speaking to, his parables and his examples really tried to kind of reflect the culture that he was speaking to. That's really what I'm trying to accomplish here. Those of you that are not visually impaired, that are not blind, that are listening, welcome. And please do feel free to share because one of the very important things that we are trying to do with this podcast is kind of give you an open glimpse into the visually impaired community and how we think and 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 how we are as Christians. And we really would welcome your email, your feedback. Email, by the way, you can send to info at blindjesusfreak.com and all that information will be given at the end. So the way that the podcast is going to work, for the most part, it's going to be a Bible study and and then we're going to have some questions and answers if we have them from the audience. This is being recorded live, and it's recorded every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. You can go to blindjesusfreak.com, and on the front page, there will be a live event link, and you can click there right before uh, 9 o'clock on Tuesday evenings, and you will be able to come in here and uh, listen as we set up for the podcast, as we talk, as we get everything ready, and and even participate via text chat. And the text chat is really important during this podcast because what we do through that is we ask you for your prayer requests. And also, if you have any questions as to what we're talking about during the podcast, and of course, you're welcome to fellowship with brothers and sisters and make comments about uh, whether uh, you agree, disagree, good, bad, or indifferent. But please do pay attention to the Bible study. And then after that, we will go online to the System Access Mobile Network or to 
SAMnet, and we will go into the fellowship room over there, and we will bring your prayer requests with us. And those of you that are SAMnet members are welcome to join us. Those of you that are not are welcome to get a free trial and join us. Uh, at some point, we're going to try and make that open to the public. Uh, technologically, right now, we are unable to do that because it requires a login and all that kind of stuff to get into uh, the SAMnet community. But for now, uh, it's kind of the blind Jesus freak after party. And there is no guest list, uh, except for a membership is required to SAMnet for now. Hopefully that will change. As I said, it's a Bible study, but tonight we are doing a Bible study and we are going to have open discussion about the subject that we are discussing. And I have two other people that I will be introducing shortly with me, and we are just going to kind of chat a little bit about tonight's subject. And tonight's subject is very near and dear to my heart, and I hope near and dear to yours. And it is God's plan for his blind children. We call this Bible study Blind by Design, and I'd like to uh, start you out by inviting you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 29, 11. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you and to give you hope and a future. So what we're seeing here is that God has a plan for you, for me for everyone. And one of the things that gets me very concerned is, as a blind person, it seems to me that many times we're looked at as kind of like, oh, you know, you're, how are you, why are you blind? You know, what is this? Did God make a mistake? You know, are you sick? What is it about you that, that makes you blind? And I said, no, God, God made me that way. God has a plan for me. And he's doing that plan in my life. It says in Jeremiah 1.12 that he's watching over his word to perform it. And that's important because God's word goes out and he says it does not come back void right? So if God is watching over his word to perform it, and he's got a plan for us, well, then then what is this blindness thing to begin with? Well, you know, I look at the scriptures, and I look at stories like the story of blind Bartimaeus and, and others, and what I see in the scripture, and we're going to point out a story in a moment, where Jesus actually acknowledges that blindness is by design, um, is that what blind folks are dealing with most of the time back then is the same thing that we're dealing with today. Sadly enough, we're dealing with society's view on our visual impairment. Instead of embracing what God is doing in our lives and how God is using us as blind people for God to glorify himself in the way that we interact, the way that we walk through life, not the way that we cope with our affliction, but the way that we interact with life. It's interesting to me how even Christians don't see the hand of God necessarily in the life of a blind person. In going into even churches, we're made to feel, well, you know, if you just had enough faith— if you had enough faith, then you would be healed. And that is not necessarily true. A very important person in the Bible, Paul, was actually visually impaired. Yes, he was. And I can, I can prove it. Of course, the road to Damascus thing where he was made blind. So Jesus said, Hey, you, uh, you gotta get your attention here. But besides that, he got his sight back. But, Bible scholars, and not that I'm including myself amongst Bible scholars, but Bible scholars suggest that Paul was visually impaired 
and that that was the thorn in his flesh. I forget in which one of the epistles he actually wrote, I've written this and I've signed this with my own hand, which means that he basically used a scribe. Well, they say, well, yeah, but a lot of people use scribes at that time. Yes, but Paul was an educated man. So Paul was a Pharisee. Paul had a lot of education. So he knew how to write. So he didn't need a scribe to take this information down. He he was able to write, but uh, I would submit that he was visually impaired and it was easier for him to just do that, to dictate a letter and have it written out. But he, of course, wanted folks to know, hey, I wrote this, I signed this, you know, I I, I put my hand to the parchment, if you will, and, and, and wrote this for you. So God has done some incredible things with visually impaired people. I had the experience this week of listening to a Bible teacher talk about blind Bartimaeus, and it was very interesting to me to hear the story of how blind Bartimaeus was uh, asking Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he heard Jesus coming, and everybody told this blind guy to shut up and sit down. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus were coming to my town, there'd be a whole lot more people than just me shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and yet because this guy was blind, because the society feels that sometimes we have to treat blind folks like they're two year olds or or what have you, that uh, they tell this guy to shut up and sit down. And that's very intriguing to me because in many respects that hasn't changed today. I want to say something for the record here because I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not griping. I'm simply pointing out the unfortunate condition that we experience as blind folks and even within the church. And really, folks, we've got to start praying for change. Why is that? Well, because I think that for years, for centuries, there has been a demonic plan to keep blind people basically in a place of just not a place of of any form of spiritual authority. Interestingly enough, we don't possess the eyes that the sighted do, that the eyes are actually a distraction. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. The eyes are a distraction. And for a visually impaired person, we actually are able to focus more on our spiritual vision than our actual sight. And I've given talks before called lack of sight doesn't mean lack of vision. And I believe that God gives us all a vision. But uh, God made us blind. And I can prove that if you will turn in your Bibles to Exodus 4.11. Exodus 4.11 and what I call the 411 on blindness. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him sighted or blind? Is it not I, the Lord, that does these things? He talks about deaf people too, but I'm, I'm listening to Texas speech here and I forget these things. Um, I, I will have Braille soon, <laughs> but I didn't have my Braille printer. So I'm like trying to keep my head into what I'm saying to you guys and listen to my speech at the same time. And for some reason, it's just not working right. But uh, the point that you see here in Exodus 4.11 is that God takes responsibility for blindness. Wait a minute. Isn't it an affliction? Isn't it a punishment from God? No, it's not. It is not at all. There's a link that should be up on your page as well that is linking to all the various Bible versions of Exodus 4.11 that shows you, hey, you know, this is not just, oh, this is, Mike, you just pulled that out of one translation. and you, No, God says it over and over and over. It is I, the Lord, that does these things. So you know what? If you're visually impaired today, 
okay, then God did it. God has a purpose in it. Be encouraged. The Bible says that he works all things for good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if you are visually impaired, even if you were made visually impaired later in life, that doesn't matter. It was according to his plan. And I would submit that, unfortunately, it's because the way that we have been conditioned by society to look at blind folks that we, of course, even when we're newly visually impaired, when we're blinded later in life, that we come in with a bias and we say, oh my goodness, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this. But I don't want to get too much more into the uh, discussion of this before I bring in my uh, guests in a moment. But the last place I'd like everybody to turn to, and I'm sure everybody's turned there before, but is John 9, 1 through 3. And that, of course, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's basically the disciples are, you know, walking down the road with Jesus and they come up to a a blind guy and this guy was born blind. Okay, so he wasn't blind later in life. So I find this very interesting because Jesus asked this guy what he wants a little bit after nine, one through three. But they went along, he saw a man blind from birth. These disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither he nor his parents sinned. That's important to see. Neither he nor his parents, meaning this is not a punishment from God. This is not, uh, this is not a punishment for sin. He was made blind. He was made blind so that the works of God would be made manifest in his life. Oh my goodness, what a theological problem we have now. (laughs) Because so many people sit here and tell us that we have problems, you know, because, oh, you you don't have enough faith. And and it's interesting to me how we almost have to live this second-rate Christianity, waiting for glory, because, of course, you know, we don't have enough faith to heal ourselves. And that's just not the way it works. So keep that in mind. God has a plan for you. He's watching over his word to perform it. He verifies that, hey, he did it and he's got an idea. He's got a plan. And it's not because of anything you did. It's not because of anything your parents did. It's not because, you know, your mom dressed you funny or anything like that. It is because he has a plan so that he can glorify himself in your life. So be encouraged. Amen. I'm going to uh, introduce two folks that I have with me uh, today. I have Lisa Salinger. Hello, Lisa. I am here. There you are. And we have Jamie Pauls. Hello, Jamie. Hello, everybody. (laughs) And what we're going to do here, guys, is sometimes it's just going to be a Bible study. Other times we're going to have some open discussion just like this. And at some point, I'm hoping to have some clergy on and discuss visual impairment and the church. We're not always going to come up here and gripe about the condition of how blind people are treated in the church and all that. I just thought it would be a very interesting podcast for the first time. And uh, I'd like to give y'all an opportunity, ladies first, but to give us a little bit, a couple seconds about yourself and your testimony and, uh, and how this issue we're talking about tonight, how it's affected you and uh, and I would invite anybody who is in our text chat to please make comments or ask questions, or if you'd like us to discuss anything in particular, please do. And also uh, on Twitter at Blind Jesus Freak. So Lisa, you first. Okay, I went to Bible college for four years. I studied Bible and missions. I went on a seven-week missions trip to Togo, West Africa. That oh, wow. was back in the eighties. And my experience with the church has really overall been 
a very positive one. I have heard horror stories. I've experienced some of them myself. But overall, I feel that pretty much the way that I've been treated there is is the way that it's supposed to be. I mean, there are a few people who stand out just by virtue of their cluelessness and in some cases insensitivity. I know one woman came up to me one time and she said, I know just how it feels to be blind. Up until I was 11 years old, I had one seizure about once a month. And I... Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure the look on my face was something to see. But, I mean, overall, I really feel very fortunate because I feel like my treatment by Christian people, for the most part, has been the way that it should be. And you, Jamie, tell us a little bit about you and, and kind of your experiences. Um, I was have been raised in church, more or less. I mean, since I was little, my parents have gone. As Lisa was talking, I was kind of thinking... In my younger life, I experienced more of the being drug up front and prayed for and, and that sort of thing. I think as I have grown older, um, I play keyboards at my church. I'm a board member. I teach Sunday school. I think people have matured a little bit. Not that, you know, I mean, obviously God does heal people of all manner of things and, and obviously scripture teaches that, but I don't have this fear that I'm going to be um, drug up front and kind of wallowed around anymore. People recognize the gifts that God has given me and the abilities that I have, and I feel very accepted. And I would have to say, like Lisa, especially in the last, oh my goodness, 20 years maybe of my life, I'm 49 now, that the experience has been very positive as well. That's awesome. I have not, now don't get me wrong, I, I've run into a lot of, and, and, I, and I think it also has to do with, of course, denominationalism and, and you know, what denominations we're running in and, and of course how zealous they are for healing and laying on of hands and that kind of thing as well. You know, how charismatic, I guess, the denomination is. I myself uh, have tended to kind of hang out with, uh, with folks who uh, pray in tongues and that kind of thing. And with some folks, like, well, that might be what your problem is, you know, but I have not, I mean, for example, I can tell you, even out in public, um, I have run into folks, uh, my wife and I were on, on vacation, and uh, we ended up seeing some guy who starts talking to us about Jesus. And I was like, oh, you know, we were, we're believers as well, hallelujah. So we started, well, brother, you know, we need to pray for you right now. You know, because God is really, this is a divine appointment. And, you know, and I feel very intimidated sometimes. I, I think that I, I listen to both of you and it sounds like, you know, you're both very accepted at your kind of church home, as am I. Once they get to know you, it's just that for finding a church home or getting to that that point of getting into the first time you go to a church, I, at least I'm very apprehensive. I find myself wondering, okay, are, are they going to lay hands on me? Are they going to make an example of me? There's the blind guy, you know? And sometimes you just want to go to a church and, and attend a service and, and see there. But if you got your dog with you or if you got a cane, then all of a sudden you're kind of on display. And I find it very interesting because of exactly what I was talking about during the study is that I think that God has a plan for blind people. In other religions, blind people are held in very high esteem as to as far as being, quote-unquote, seers uh, in the spirit, I guess. 
And I believe that uh, God really can use blind folks because we don't have the visual distractions of the world, and we and we really can see in the spirit if you will, and not be distracted. And, and maybe that's just a, a personal bias of mine. How, how do you guys feel about that? Do you agree, disagree? Am, am I crazy? Or I mean, this is very interesting to me here what other folks think. I think a lot of it has to do with the state of the heart. I should back up a little bit and say that I, for the most part, have gone to relatively small churches. And I think acceptance was easier because everybody knew everybody. Mm -hmm. I was prayed for there fairly regularly when I was a teenager, and I went along with it, and I really didn't feel that awkward about it because it wasn't ever like put on me like a guilt trip. Like if you had more patience, I'm sorry, more faith, I'm thinking about four things at once, which is always dangerous. It was something I did, not so much because I wanted to see, but I knew that my parents wanted it for me and I wanted to please them. But uh, bringing us back more to present, I have been accosted by what I mostly in my own mind refer to affectionately as Lulu's for Jesus. You know, had someone There's a podcast to me, title, Lulu's for Jesus. Yeah, well, maybe not. Had someone come up to me in a coffee shop and say, can I pray for you? And I said, sure, I'm thinking in private. And they start, dear God. And I said, I don't know what made do it. We won't go into that. But I said, wait. And I knew what they were going to say. They said, oh, you know, your sight. And I said, no. I said, I don't really care right now if I see. But I said, I'm down here on work-related business. I said, I sat all day in a conference. I have another one tomorrow. As you can see, I'm not very tall. So when I sit in most chairs, my feet don't touch the floor. And I said, I'm in a significant amount of pain right now from my back. And I said, so if you're going to pray for anything, I'd much rather you pray for that. And they were, I think, a little astonished. And it was kind of my attempt at getting some real prayers, but also my attempt at public education. But how dare you, Lisa? You see that? And that's exactly what I mean. It's normally they would ask anybody else that they encounter, what can we mm-hmm. pray for you for? Even if you run into like a prayer team on the street, you know, um, and that they're just praying for people. But immediately they assume that we are just absorbed with, oh my goodness, where is there a Christian so I can be healed? Because you know, that's and- what I think they would be yes. absorbed with that. Yeah, that's true. And it's because, again, it's I think it's because we, we need to really start a campaign or some sort of an educational process, at least within the church. I mean, I can understand, look, in the world, when you don't have Jesus, Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. Without me, you can do nothing. And I sincerely believe that if you do stuff in the world without Jesus, and it just so happens to work out with you, for you, or whatever, hey, you know, it just so happened to work out for you. But that's not because God is necessarily with you. You know, but when Jesus is with you, all that you're going to do, even when you deal with adversity, is ultimately going to work out for a good thing. And if in the church, we encourage, I mean, I was raised not in a church home. I was raised in a worldly, very worldly home. And I ran into folks in authority that told me that I was going to have to work harder than anybody else and that chances are I wasn't going to really be able to accomplish much anyway. I mean, and it was just amazing to hear some of the things. And if somebody had told me, 
you know, somebody had told me, given me scripture and told me what God thinks about me instead of what they think about me. You know, my life might have just turned out. Now, I was a rascal when I was younger and I was into, and I just liked being the, the bad guy when I was growing up. I was a slave to the sin that I would walk in. The fact is that perhaps had I heard an encouraging word, had I seen that, man, you know, because all I wanted when I was a kid was to be accepted. All I wanted was to fit in and be, you know, and people say, yeah, but, you know, you were accepted, weren't you? And I said, well, yeah, I was accepted. It was amazing. I was either very amazed, amazing to people because I could tie my shoes and put on my, you know, my socks on the right feet, or I was to be very pitied. And it was just still amazing that such a pitiable person could actually get up and go somewhere and, and actually breathe and have a family and, you know, and all that stuff. So I really believe that, especially in the church where we are really supposed to demonstrate so much hope. I, I pray that that this podcast get out and it doesn't sound like a bunch of whiny blind people griping about, oh, look at what the church is bashing blind people. That is certainly not my intention here at all. It's just to talk about that kind of elephant that seems to follow every single blind person into a church. And that is, how do we treat them? Well, how would you treat any other brother or sister in Christ? You give us a hug, you know, and if we don't believe, you give us the gospel, you talk to us. And that kind of thing. So, Jamie, what do you opine on this? How do you feel about the plan and that the enemy, you know, that the enemy has kind of really systematically tried to destroy the plans that God has for blind people? And let me pitch one at you that, that's an, uh, a, an idea I have. I, I believe very strongly that one of the ways that the enemy separates us uh, very early on in life, of course, is by allowing us to go through adverse situations and controlling society to have a very demeaning opinion of us and allowing us to go through situations that, in fact, what they do is they callous our heart. If you look at your hand, uh, if you have smooth hands, praise the Lord, those are the way your hands were originally supposed to be made. They're supposed to, hands are supposed to be made for touching and, you know, and stroking and holding and all these things. But if you're a worker, a construction worker, or a person who works with heavy chemicals or what have you, your hands are calloused. They're calloused from the curse of work. Okay. And to me, I look at that and I say, well, you know, the enemy caused man to stumble and fall. And part of the curse was that we would have to work and sweat. And of course, from that comes calluses on your hands and whatnot. And furthermore, to that same end, he has created a society that does not understand and embrace the possibility that a person with what society deems as a disability could be mightily used of God. And instead, creates an environment where we're ostracized, where we're basically treated as third or, you know, second or third rate citizens and, and as children. And what it does is it creates a serious amount of bitterness and anger inside of us. And what that does is it drives us away because basically we say, you know, if there is a God, well, he doesn't love me. He look at what the rest of everybody else says. I'm afflicted. I'm, I'm this person that God must not love me ever. You know, so I don't want anything to do with that, God, and and really calluses our hearts. And I believe that that seriously affects, you know, folks from becoming Christians and accepting the gospel. So isn't your dad a pastor? Yeah, he actually ministers. um, He is kind of part of a team that ministers at a a mission. So so how do you feel about the whole callousing of the heart thing? Does that make sense or... 
It does. Um, and first of all, I'll just say that uh, we're getting some good comments in chat. Constance is really enjoying the discussion. I think this is something that people want to talk about, maybe don't really know how. Um, I think we are being able to frame some thoughts here a little bit. Yeah, I think it's easy to become jaded by the whole Christian thing, especially if you have the person that embarrasses you in the coffee shop, if you have the person that thinks that maybe you're an angel sent on earth because you can't see, and then you have the person that decides that it's their mission in life to get you healed. Those things can chip away at faith, or maybe not faith in God, but um, there's a really interesting book called You Lost Me that talks about uh, why people walk away from the church. And of course, I mean, he doesn't mention blindness and this sort of thing in that, but one of the things is just that the church itself can embarrass people, not so much their belief in God, but just the way other Christians act. And um, I think it's a very real problem, and I think it's a very legitimate thing to acknowledge and to discuss. But I think what we're doing tonight, Mike, what you're doing is you're telling us, hey, it's not God. It's us silly humans that mess this up. It's not God's fault. Absolutely not. I mean, look, I'll tell you in my own life, I mean, I lived a crazy life before I felt very rejected. My own folks, God bless them, they, based on our culture, they did not know what to do with a blind child. So my parents did very little. They didn't know. So I ran, I ran wild on the streets and got involved in things that I shouldn't because I didn't feel accepted. And I could feel accepted, uh, if I were an academic or something. I'm not. I'll read stuff because I love to read and all that, but I'm not a studious person. I'm not a bookworm, you know, and, and I admire those that are. But I like to hang out. I like to chill. I like to party with my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm an outgoing social type person. When I was a kid, I was involved in music and I was a DJ. And it was very interesting to me to see the groups that would gravitate towards me were other kind of outcasts. As I grew up, I would be touched by the church from time to time. But again, it was so weird for me. But I'm a dropout of high school. I have no formal education whatsoever. And I'm doing what I do today. I run a a technology company. I'm not qualified to do this. Only God can do this with a person with the background that I come from, from the level of education that I have. Now, I was not raised in the ghetto. My family, I was a, it was a middle class home. My mom and dad, I never saw my parents inebriated in any way, shape or form, taking any drugs, doing anything of that nature, stealing anything, nothing of that kind. My parents are good folks. You know, they weren't church folks, but they weren't bad folks. And, It's interesting to me how I turned out because of the bitterness and how it separated me from being able to hear the voice of God. And the Lord has shown me how many times He's called me in my life. And I just ignored the call because my heart was so hard until I was 28. And when when I was 28, He got my attention. And there began what I believe is God's real plan. And and yes, it could be argued, and I would be a very active participant in that argument, probably on the agreement side, that God used my previous life to kind of make me the gritty person I am today. You know, and I like controversy, as you can tell by the name of the podcast, you think? But really, I mean, the whole idea is I like controversy to make people think, not because I want to tick people off. 
but because I want people to think, I want people to really examine. Do you really believe that way or are you just running with the crowd? Are you just being a sheeple? You know, and I believe that if you start thinking outside the box and start asking God to make himself manifest in your life, to make himself real to you in the way that he sees fit, I think that you're going to start to see a lot more. I, I also think that, you know, we can also pray for the church. I think that we need to pray for the church to gain some understanding, for God's Holy Spirit to bring wisdom into the church so that we as blind people can have the words to educate. And I think the most important part of this all, as blind people, we need to pray for our blind brothers and sisters that have been so hurt and so destroyed by their own life experiences and that they have put themselves on a path of destruction because they just are hopeless and they feel helpless. And we really need to pray for them. And any blind person that is hearing this podcast that is not a Christian, as a Christian, I want to apologize for my brothers and sisters, for anything that's been said to you, anything that's been told to you that has made you feel inferior, that has made you feel less than such a blessing and such a person worthy of Christ's blood. I really just want to apologize and invite you to get to know Jesus Christ. I mean, it's wonderful to know His people. It's wonderful to hang out. But you know what, folks? We're all at the doctor you know, Christianity isn't for the healthy. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to save the healthy. He came to save the sick. And man inherently has a problem. Some of us have a problem called denial. But the rest of us that realize that we can't do it by ourselves, we need Jesus. So if any Christian has ever hurt you, please, on their behalf, accept my apology for Christians and, and give Jesus a chance to change your life and invite him into your heart tonight. And if you'd like to write us and make a comment on any of this, uh, you can write us at info at blindjesusfreak.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, of course. Uh, go to Twitter and follow us at blindjesusfreak. And uh, any comments, uh, Lisa or Jamie, on any of this stuff? I just think it's very refreshing. I think it's a very good thing that we are having this discussion. And just uh, going to be interested to see where this leads and what other topics we can get into that are related. So I think it's a very good start. Optimistic um, growing up. And now I'm in my 40s and I find... No way. Yeah, way. And I find that I struggle with some aspects of my blindness more now than I ever did. Because, I don't know, when I was 20, 25... I just thought, you know, if I just try harder, if I just do better, you know, all of us are out there and we're working to educate the public and things will be better and people will understand and they will get it. And they don't, at least not usually. And so it's times like that when I realize, okay, maybe I didn't when I was in my 20s, but this is one of those times when I need to draw on my faith. I need to remember that this is not a surprise to God. It's not about me and how hard I'm trying to educate or to advocate. You know, some of it is people and their fears. And I think that's the thing, too, is that we tend to take it all on us, which is a bad idea in so many ways and for so many reasons. 
But I think we do it because we feel like, well, if it's my fault, if it's something I'm doing wrong, then I can change it. But I think it is something that we can be really honest with God about and just say, I'm at the end of my rope about this. Mm. And also to understand, I really believe, as trite as this may sound, everybody's disabled somehow. It's yes. just that ours shows. Yeah, I agree with that. True. You know, it, it's interesting you say that earlier in life, because, you know, of course, when you're younger, until somebody tells you, you know, you're, you're going to have to work three times as hard as somebody else or whatever, you don't really think about being blind. I mean, you, you know, it's just the way I am. You know, um, my wife and I were having a discussion and she said, well, what is it like to be blind? And she says, I close my eyes and and I don't see anything. I said, well, that's exactly it. I said, what's it? And the, the example I gave her was I said, well, what it's like, what is it like to walk on four legs? And she says, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I said, well, why not? She says, because I never have. I said, exactly. I said, that's the point is a lot of blind folks don't miss the sight because we never had it. But of course, so many people around us have sight and make us feel inferior for not having it. That if Jesus were to come today and say, what can I do for you? Instead of saying, Jesus, you know what? I just want to live for you. I want your plan for my life. Immediately, the first thing that would jump to our minds would be, please help me fit in, Jesus. Give me my sight so I would fit in. That was the interesting thing I found about this guy in John 9, 1 through 3, is that he asked Jesus for his sight. And he didn't know what he was asking for. He'd never had it. What if he didn't like it? But everybody else had sight. So he wanted to be like everybody else. And the scripture says that we're individually and wonderfully made. You know, imagine that, you know, and that's the one thing that I think is so sad about this whole thing is that God wants you to be unique. God made you unique. God made me unique. You know, we all are different. You know, for me, as I get older, I get more and more comfortable with the blindness. Recently, I've uh, really gotten more, I think over the last year, have gotten much more committed to Christ. I've been a believer for almost 18 years now, but have really over the last year just decided, you know what, Jesus, this is not a time to be gray anymore. It's being black or white. You know, let your name be glorified. And I will, I, I just want less of me and more of you. And that's it. And so I honestly consider myself to be a Jesus freak. That is the whole idea. Everybody's a freak about something. And I'm going to be a freak about Jesus. And I'm going to praise him. And I'm going to glorify his name. And I'm going to do my very, very best to seek his plan and his purpose for my life. And I want to invite you, listener, to do the same. And I'd like to hear from you with your testimonies or or anything like that. And, uh, of course, your prayer requests, please do send them to us. Uh, those of you who are joining us on uh, text chat, please do uh, feel free to ask any questions. Or if you have prayer requests, we are gathering them up and we will be praying for you throughout the week. And if you have a testimony based on the response to a prayer request that you've given us, please, we do want to hear it. Are there any uh, things that are being brought up in the text chat that uh, you guys wanted to bring up, uh, Lisa or Jamie, at all? Yeah, Deborah just uh, said that someone told her that uh, she could serve the Lord better as a sighted person, and when she asked them how they knew that, they couldn't give her an explanation. And I told her that was fascinating. I've not heard that one before. Yeah, fascinating was not the word that came to my mind. I was about to write that. (laughs) Repent, Lisa, repent. Um, No, no. I think it's time sometimes that we call a spade a spade. You know, my guess is that person was 
functioning on his or her own fears. Um, the word I was thinking was deplorable, actually. I just, you know, that's sad. How dare yeah. they yeah. insult True. a work of God by saying, if you're more like me, he can use you. Love the title of the book, God Uses Cracked Pots. Love that, because I think it's true. And in this case, Deborah, I would submit that the person who said that to you is truly... Yeah, be encouraged. And and it's so important that we as believers walk in forgiveness. You know, I, I used to say, and, and I've been saying up to very recently, you know, I, I have a cure for ignorance. I don't have a cure for stupid, but I do have a cure for stupid. And that's just patience and prayer. I think that God puts, quote, unquote, stupid people in our path sometimes to teach us a little patience and to allow us to walk. I mean, Jesus came, guys, and he talked about loving God, loving your neighbor, loving one another, serving others, and they hung him on a tree for it. I mean, what a fickle world we live in, you know? So if we actually, as blind believers, get it and understand that we are in an ignorant world, uh, and sometimes a stupid world. We really need to do our best, I think, to educate in a loving way and to ask God daily, hourly, minute by minute, in my case sometimes, to give me the wisdom, give me the patience, Lord, to help people understand, not me, but you in me. Because they don't want to understand. You Believe me, if you say something silly like that to me, you don't want to know me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to know Jesus in me, because if not, you're going to see the other guy in me, you know, and, and, and that ain't going to happen. So just uh, pray for folks every day, you know, pray that God give you an ordained divine meeting that day and try and uh, just show people what a wonderful thing God is doing in your life. So any uh, any final comments before we wrap this thing up, guys? I have none. I don't believe. You, Lisa? It doesn't happen often, but I don't think I do either. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well then, I think it's, <laughs> well, um, I thank you. Um, do you guys uh, have any uh, contact information that you'd like to share or anything like that? Sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jamie Pauls. That's J-A-M-I-E-P-A-U-L-S. And I would love to hear from anyone who would like to visit with me. I have the Twitter name that messes with people's heads, except I didn't know it when I set it up as my email, but for whatever reason it does, it's L-I-S-A-S-A-L-I. And that's just the first eight letters of my first and last name. But people who've known me for years still have trouble with it. So there it is, L-I-S-A-S-A-L-I. And it's Lisa Solly. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what my, it is. My computer calls you Lisa Solly. Yeah. Somebody and of course... <laughs> Uh, and somebody's of course, speech I, was saying Lasassily. I'm like, well, that's different. <laughs> Sassy. And, yeah. and of course, you can follow me at Mike Calvo on Twitter. If you'd like to hear some of the teachings that I've done and uh, my testimony and that kind of thing, uh, you can find me at MikeCalvo.com. And of course, to write to us here at the podcast, do send any prayer requests, any comments or anything like that or any testimonies to info at BlindJesusFreak.com. On the website at www.BlindJesusFreak.com, you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it is this pretty much edited down and put into a nice uh, package that you can uh, load into your favorite 
portable device and take with you. And uh, we can talk to you as you jog or exercise or go to work or do whatever it is you do in your leisure time. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and uh, have a great week. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast with your host, Mike Calvo. A podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular biblical studies. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yes, the pun is totally intended. So stop being politically correct and let's just relate to one another as God's kids. For more information about this ministry, visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other Jesus Freaks on your favorite social networks. Remember, everybody's a freak about something. Join us and be a freak about Jesus. After all, he's crazy about you.